Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to a very special bonus episode of The School for Dumb Women. I'm your host woman, Hannah Farrell, and this week I went to meet author, journalist and comedian Viv Groskop, who told me all about the one-woman phenomenon that is Oprah Winfrey. Of course, Oprah has achieved a lot in her life, and Viv and I have achieved the feat of talking about her for at least 20 minutes longer than we needed to. So, here's the full conversation. I'm at the Museum of Comedy with none other than writer, podcaster and comedian Viv Groskop. Yay! Hi, it is me. Hello, Hannah. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. How are you? I'm very well. I'm thrilled to be here talking to you. Thrilled to have you. So, Viv, you're a lifelong Oprah fan, I've heard. Um, and in fact, I'm speaking to you before one of the previews for your Edinburgh show, which is all about Oprah. Um, so because you're an Oprah expert, today you've kindly agreed to teach the School for Dumb Women all about her. Is this true? Well, I feel my lifelong knowledge of Oprah is going to be wasted if I don't find a constituency to teach it to. So this is the moment I've been waiting for, preparing for, without knowing it, my whole life. And indeed, Oprah herself says, luck is when preparedness meets opportunity. Wow. And I have prepared and now I have found my opportunity. That's beautiful. Do you know all of our guests say that actually? They just say they've been waiting for it their whole life. Yes. Yeah. You know. So this is the moment. But no, I, I have acquired over the last, I don't want to say 40 years, although I am 45, but probably I've known about Oprah for at least 35 years. Um, I have acquired a ridiculous amount of pointless knowledge about Oprah, most of which I showcase in Vivalicious, which is the title of my Edinburgh show that I've been writing over the last six months and I'll be doing throughout August um, at Underbelly uh, in Edinburgh. And I'm so thrilled to be able to spread the gospel of the great Oprah in preparation for the coming age of her presidency, which I believe is an inevitability. Oh, really? Okay, exciting. I was going to ask about that later, yeah. But for now, just in case anyone isn't sure, we like to start off on a real kind of level zero point here. Um, Who is Oprah? If anybody needs to ask this question, they cannot be our friend, Hannah. (laughs) But I need to answer this question in the show, actually. I'm glad you've reminded me because I need to remember to do it at tonight's show. I did a show a couple of weeks ago in Froome in Somerset that was not brilliantly received. And at the end of the show, I said is there anybody here who hasn't heard of Oprah Winfrey? And like most of the audience put no. their hand up. So they, they were of a certain age. Wow. So there, I know there are, <laughs> there are people out there who've never heard of Oprah. Who is Oprah? She is so many women in one. I would say now she is the most powerful woman in the world. Yeah, let's say that. Yeah. She's the most powerful woman in the world. She's certainly the most wealthy woman in the US. Uh, She was, I think, the first black woman to become a billionaire. 
Yes, I read that today. Um, I did a little bit of research. She is worth $4 billion. Wow, that's extraordinary. I remember reading one interview with her where she said that she got to the point where when she was going to visit her accountants to do her tax, they would bring a crate of wine because she needed to drink to get over how much money she was having to pay to tax (laughs) because she was making so much money. And then eventually it got to the stage that they needed tequila. Wow. So imagine like how much tax you have to pay if That's you've got crazy. I mean, I need a crate of wine when I look dollars. at my bank account, but like for complete opposite reasons. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so here is Oprah, broadcaster, spiritual guru, Uber connector. She's the um, owner of an extraordinary school for young women in South Africa. That's oh, her wow. kind of maternal side. She set up this whole school over there that she said, you know, she couldn't have children. It didn't work out for her that she became a mother. So she wanted to be mother to to those girls who have come through that school. And I think it's not unfair to argue that she's a political figure, whether she likes it or not, or whether she stands for president or not. You know, her vote of confidence in Uh, endorsing a candidate that is always going to make a difference to a a presidential run and she was really hugely instrumental in in Barack Obama's career yeah I read about that today and that's called um the Oprah Winfrey effect or something sort of pseudo serious and the Oprah Winfrey effect is it's influenced so many things from her book club which is you know made people like Cheryl Strayed the author of Wild into millionaires and you know dozens and dozens of other books which would not have had the impact that they did without the Oprah Winfrey effect right down to all kinds of products that she's endorsed over the years and uh, let's not forget um, her sponsorship of Weight Watchers she's she's a, um, a shareholder in Weight Watchers which has been quite controversial in the last few years because people are saying now it's it's so interesting about Oprah because originally she was this real role model for dieting and now 20 years on from her doing that it that's become really uh it's not in the zeitgeist anymore the zeitgeist is all fat shaming and it's really interesting so her Weight Watchers thing is kind of fascinating because she's trying to keep on with that but still turn it around a little bit so that it's in tune with different attitudes that people have now yeah and what what's her history where does she kind of come from because she didn't come from a kind of self-helpy media background necessarily did she my well the story is that she grew up in mississippi uh i can't remember the exact details of how she lost her parents but as far as i recall and you have to look this up hannah and and educate yourself in case i say something wrong (laughs) but i'm pretty sure that both of her parents were either not around or distant in some way during her childhood and she was largely raised by other figures so an aunt and a grandmother um, I hope I'm not getting this wrong. This is not in my show, by the way, because it was weird. It would be really weird if I didn't know that, but it was in my show. <laughs> you know, um, we always do this about facts at School for Dumb Women, and it's like, well, if we get it wrong, then it's up to you to, you know, research yes. it as a listener and um, and prove us wrong, and then don't tell us because yeah, we're not interested. Yeah, to this podcast. Go and read Wikipedia. <laughs> so yeah, she had a very difficult upbringing in Mississippi. A lot of turbulence, a lot of unpredictability. Um, sexual abuse at the age of eight or nine Uh, she got from a relative I think she got um, pregnant at the age of 14 and lost the baby and she always says you know that's the moment when I could have become a mother and it wasn't to be so she has been married to Stedman we love Stedman Stedman for many years um, but she's always said publicly I think that she just doesn't really want children that it hasn't worked out for her that that fitted in with her career and what she wanted to achieve and that she wants to make her 
impact in a different way. And she's got various, actually very interesting, various relatives who have popped up on her shows over the years. But she grew up in a, you know, really ordinary, poor environment and always wanted something better for herself. And I think she went to study media studies or something like that. So she knew that she wanted to be on television and very quickly in her early 20s landed a job as a reporter on a breakfast television station and then became a breakfast TV host. And then by her early 30s was hosting her own talk show and her talk show was getting bigger ratings than anyone else who was doing similar kinds of talk shows, which was surprising because it was thought that, you know, a woman and especially a black woman wouldn't be able to get those kind of ratings and she was just beating everyone else. And then she did that for a good sort of 25 years, the Oprah Winfrey show, and then set up Oprah Winfrey Network about 10 years ago, which is her own television network where... The Oprah Winfrey show doesn't exist anymore, but she does now instead Super Soul Sundays. Oh. Super Soul Sundays. She still, that's where she would interview all of her spiritual gurus and her favourite authors. But they also finance the making of loads of dramas. And it's almost like an early prototype of Netflix, actually, Oprah Winfrey Network. Oh, wow. And she's kind of, because she's got, you mentioned the book club. She does that. She had her TV show for ages. Yeah. She also has a magazine. Oh, magazine. That's been going for 18 years. That is an extraordinary phenomenon. It's every month for 18 years, the same person on the cover every month. Can you guess who it is, Hannah? (laughs) It's Oprah. It is Oprah. And sometimes there are other people on the cover, but Oprah has to still be on there. So it could be Oprah and Ellen DeGeneres. It could be Oprah and Michelle Obama. It could be Oprah and a lion as it was once for the bravery issue. I saw that. That's very impressive. We'll have to put a picture up on Twitter or Instagram of Oprah and the lion. And I think there are very few other examples of people who have started magazines where every month they put themselves on the cover for for 18 years can you, I'm real, I think it's Donald Trump must be gutted about yeah. this magazine what an ego trip he must be thinking hey where is T magazine or D magazine I guess it would be <laughs> D magazine where I go on the cover every month but that sells around 2 million copies a month still in that the US that's loads isn't it yeah it's extraordinary it's right up there with Vogue so it's quite interesting that not a lot of people know about that magazine and they don't especially over here in the UK and they don't realise that there is this magazine where Oprah puts herself on the cover every single month. I mean, if you if you could, you would, wouldn't you? You so would. You so would. I love that about her. And when are you going to be on the cover of Oprah magazine? When am I that? going to grace the cover of Oprah magazine? In my dreams, Hannah, every night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm next to the lion. It's oh, yeah. me, Oprah and the lion. We'll Photoshop you in. Alex is quite good oh at Photoshop. Oh my God, I would love that. That would make me so happy. That would make me so happy. One of my favourite covers as well is a really, really un-PC cover now, which refers back to what I was saying about the Weight Watchers thing. She has a cover that when I see it almost makes me cry. It's a picture of her when she's really, really fit and she's wearing gym gear and she's got like a little bra top on and you can see her abs. Yeah. And then there's a picture of her looking larger and like wearing you know dowdy clothes and not showing her abs anymore and the headline on the cover says how did I let this happen again oh Oprah. it's so sad it's trying it's awful and that but that's one of my favorite covers because I just think yeah that's why I love Oprah 
because she is a bit of a car crash and she's not afraid to admit that. Yeah, I was going to ask because, you know, we've talked a bit about the different mediums that she works in and they're all pretty different. Um, And so what is kind of the unifying factor? What is it that makes her work in each of these mediums? Brilliant question. I'm trying to think how Oprah would answer this question. <laughs> I think her she is asked this a lot. Um, I don't know if it would still be online, but Jenny Murray on Women's Hour once did an amazing interview with Oprah. I'm pretty sure that's what the, one of the questions that she asked her. And Oprah's answer is that she has always felt very connected to the things that we all have in common. So she's interested in not necessarily individual stories but individual stories that represent a bigger truth about Mm -hmm. humanity or about daily life or about the fact that we're all going to face mortality um all, all of those things she's brilliant at bringing those out so whilst clearly you know she must have an ego in order to be able to put herself in the cover of a magazine every month she has very little ego at the same time so she's always looking for the things that resonate with other people and she's always looking to make connections with other people and I think people just see her and they naturally trust her to do that yeah and she's um you kind of mentioned earlier she's a bit of a car crash in what in what way um is that because to me she just seems like a hugely successful businesswoman and I'm kind of like is there a fault with Oprah well I think sometimes she's been a little bit behind the times and the weight thing is is indicative of that because I think for a younger generation if they were to see that cover of her saying how did I how did I let this happen and that yeah she's made a career out of fat shaming herself basically she's made a fortune out of fat shaming herself and for the generation like me who are over 40 who grew up with that that's very normal and that's very ingrained but it's interesting now because there's this dissonance of well hang on a minute why wasn't Oprah challenging that yeah and now she is so it's interesting yeah I think as a person she's owned those sort of car crash moments and there have been moments when she's fallen apart on air and in front of the whole of America. We've not necessarily noticed that this much over here. There was a huge uh, scandal when she criticised the beef industry uh, oh, in the US. Yes, about and it was about mad cow, Yes, mad cow and it use. immediately affected sales and it turned into a court case. That was a hugely difficult moment for her. There was also a scandal at her girls' school that was a hugely difficult moment and very public. And when Oprah Winfrey Network launched, it almost immediately crashed and was very un- it was very unsuccessful to begin with. And they almost thought about abandoning it. Oh, really? And then she thought, no, 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 I'm doing this now. I'm going to make it work. And she replaced everybody in the organisation. So she's had lots of public moments of failure, which I think only endear her more to people. Yeah, I quite like that because it's always like... You want to see someone successful fail to be like, oh, okay, well, maybe my failure now doesn't mean that I won't do something great at some point soon. (laughs) Exactly. That's exactly what she's about. And how did you personally, how did you first discover her on kind of what has she meant to you? I think I must have first discovered her on TV in the UK. So I guess she would have been on afternoons sometimes back in the days when we had two television stations the old people (laughs) like me remember this time it would have been shown on repeats and I must have watched it when I was I don't know maybe like 12 13 and then when I was in my 
early to mid 20s I started reading the magazine as soon as it launched and that magazine was actually instrumental in me leaving a really important to me job so my for all of my teens I'd want when I was really little I wanted to be a comedian but I soon decided that was a bad idea because I didn't know how you got to be a comedian if you came from Bruton in Somerset and didn't even know anybody in London so I downgraded that and decided I would be a writer and all of my sort of teenage years and my university years were devoted to me trying to get a job in journalism and I had this job um, on the Express, where the Daily Express, where I worked as a writer and an editor for three years. And towards the end of those three years, I started reading O Magazine. <laughs> and it was full of all this stuff about live your best life, yeah. be who you really are, don't lie to yourself about what you really want, go for it. And those messages were not very common this was in the sort of mid 90s late 90s yeah because it almost seems like that's everywhere now but yeah, yeah back then it was quite, quite a big deal and it was it was also frowned upon because it was seen as being really silly and really american and really woo woo which a lot of it can be and it, a lot of it is platitudes and cliches okay. but i really felt this o magazine was offering a bit more than that. Um, And I must have heard about um, Julia Cameron's The Artist's Way, which is a brilliant book about creativity and unlocking stuff in yourself about what you really want. And I started reading that as a result of O Magazine. And that led to me leaving this job. I took voluntary redundancy from this job and thinking, right, I've got sort of six months pay, I'm going to go out there on my own and see if I can make it work freelance because I hated working for other people. Can you, you know me a bit, Hannah, I hate working (laughs) for other people. And I thought I'll do this for six months because I've got this money that I can live on if it doesn't work. And then I'll get another job. Yeah. And that was 17 years ago. And I've never got another job. That's amazing, isn't it? So she had a direct impact on your life. Yeah, she did. And it's also meant that I can't miss a single issue of O Magazine because I feel as if it's directing my life and I might get something wrong if I don't read it. I have to follow the directives of O Magazine. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. 
Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Um, I believe as well, you've also been to a live conference or a yes. live show. What, what does have. that involve? I managed to get myself invited to the O Magazine annual conference, which is for O Magazine subscribers as a writer. So I was covering it. I was covering it for actually for an airline magazine. And that was in 2011. It was in October 2011. And I went to this uh, event it was extraordinary it was so amazing I've you have all, a look of dream in your I've eyes. never seen so many velour tracksuits in one room <laughs> there are thousands of women from all over the US who save up to go on these conferences and for some of them it might be a once in a lifetime thing that they go to it for some of some of them go every single year religiously and there's all this sort of smoke and mirrors about whether Oprah's really going to turn up and some years I think she doesn't go they never guarantee that she's going to be there but all of her favorite speakers are there all of her spiritual gurus all you know like dr oz and and all all of the martha beck all of these people who you'd be familiar with if you watched the oprah winfrey show or um oprah winfrey network or if you read the magazine and there's always this big question mark like is oprah going to be here and when's she going to arrive and the year that i was there she did turn up and yeah and she gave a speech which I think it's the best speech I've ever seen anywhere. And I'm pretty critical of other people's on uh, on stage performances. It was extraordinary. It really was extraordinary. And she's one of those speakers who you feel, even in a room of thousands of people, you feel as if she's having a personal conversation with you. Yeah. It's oh. really extraordinary. And what's kind of her main message? Because she is um, predominantly kind of self-help and believe in yourself and follow your own path. Is that kind of what you would sum her up with? The message that I got from hearing that live speech was really interesting because it wasn't being recorded or broadcast anywhere. And I think she speaks slightly differently when she's not being broadcast. And it was much more religious than I was expecting because in her usual message, she doesn't want to turn off people who are agnostic or atheist or who are of different faiths, but she is Christian and there was quite a lot about God. And it felt, if anybody remembers what she looked like when the preacher was talking at um, Harry and Meghan's wedding, doing that whole kind of, "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm," you know, that gospel (laughs) church kind of thing. That's very much her her vibe. Okay, yeah. And that's how she speaks when she's doing these big powerhouse stadium lectures. Um, She talks a lot about what she calls the source and when she talks about the sauce, not the sauce as in ketchup, that would be sure. weird. Okay. That would be another show heavily. It's <laughs> a new, new endorsement. by Heinz Tomato and Ketchup, the sauce. The sauce as in S-O-U-R-C-E. Her big thing is, we all come from the sauce and we will return to the sauce. Oh, okay. And what she is trying to say there, or what I took from it, was that we come from nothing and we'll go to nothing. And whatever happens, you've got to make the best of what's going on and stop messing around. And nobody's better than anybody else and nobody's worse than anybody else because we all came from the same place and we're all going back to the same place. So what are you going to do about it? Yeah, I like that. It's amazing, isn't it? 
Yeah, I like that. Um, I feel like we should address the rumours. There's a lot of rumours around uh, Oprah's relationship with her close friend Gail King. What is that about? Yes, What's this, your take on well, that? Well, this is interesting, and I, I do address this uh, in Vivalicious, my Edinburgh show, and I need to look up about the legal ramifications of discussing this. <laughs> uh, but I think it's fair to say uh, that there is a conspiracy theory... Um, for which I would argue there's no evidence. So we can state that there's a conspiracy theory that Oprah and her best friend, Gail, who is a major part of her business, she's also a brilliant television presenter, she's a columnist in O Magazine, and she is Oprah's best friend going back years ago from Breakfast Television where they work together. So she's like the friend that you've had for 40 years is Gail. She's amazing. Um, but, you know, for, it's kind of calmed down now, this whole rumour mill, I would say. But I think about 10 years ago, there was a real thing of people saying, oh, yeah, Gail and Oprah, they're actually in a relationship and they can't come out about their relationship because they've left it too long. And now it would look like they've been lying to us all this time. Yeah, OK, but Barry Manilow did it and everyone was just like, great, go Barry. Yeah, well, the thing is, let's point out, you know, legally as well. Like, we don't, we don't know. There's, yeah. and also, Oprah's married to Stedman. Yes, yes, and she she's is, yeah. very private in her relationship with Stedman because he's not interested in being in the limelight. It was quite unusual that that the camera panned to him at the Golden Globes when she gave that big speech. He was quite prominent. Okay, um, he's not often very prominent in her appearances. But yeah, this conspiracy theory has existed for a while. I think if it were true, it's going to be incredibly weird when it eventually comes out. Yeah. Uh, and it will contradict her entire brand and everything that she's fought, you know, fought for for four decades, five decades. Yeah, because her whole thing is about being, being honest with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I read as well that um, she'd addressed the rumours and kind of said, uh, well, look, if it was true, I would have come out ages ago. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's what she says. And I have to say, I believe her. But equally, I think she's almost making a point to say, so what? Like, I wouldn't care if I was gay. You know, do yeah. you know what I mean? She, she doesn't want to refute it too strongly because it's not a big deal. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a bit like there's nothing she can say that's the right thing. So, yeah. And um, what do you see as the future for her? Is there a presidency on the cards? I hope so. I hope so. I'm really torn about this because... Well, I I say I hope so. A, it's none of my business because I'm a British citizen (laughs) and I can't vote in America, but we all love to speculate about these things. Yeah, and pretend that, you know, it makes a difference to us. Um, And B, I actually think celebrity presidents are a terrible idea. Yes. And we've seen (laughs) what they can do and we've had quite enough of it. However, if you must have a celebrity president, and I think possibly that is the way things are going to go for a bit maybe because more celebrity presidents. well i think you know another person who's being lined up and talked about is george clooney so really? oh yeah so if it's not oprah it might be george clooney and look at you know ronald reagan there is precedent for this True. precedent of the president that's a good tongue twister so i think if it's if it had to be a celebrity character oprah would be extraordinary whether there's any evidence that she's going to run or not, it's been going really back and forth over the last six months. And I noticed that in the interview with Vogue, British Vogue, that she did this month, it wasn't even raised as a question. 
Oh, interesting. Or really maybe interesting. her people were like, you can interview Oprah, but you can't ask her if she'll be running for well, president. Well, exactly. Or maybe she already feels it's been shut down sufficiently. Yeah. Um, the latest thing that she said is that she would only run for president if she received a sign from God. Okay. And um, to me, that's a yes. Maybe we can make that sign happen. I know. Let's, let's start sort of stamping really hard on the earth all at the same time to cause a <laughs> disturbance in the force. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so your Edinburgh show, as you've said, is all based on Oprah. Where can people find it and find you people and see it? People can find my show at Underbelly Bristow Square Medquad at 4.10pm from the 1st to the 26th of August with the 13th off. And yeah, I'll be doing it. Yeah, every day. That's crazy. And does Oprah know about it? I I had a dream that Oprah found out about my <laughs> I would I would just be amazed if you know there's that whole six degrees of separation? Yes, yeah. I would be amazed if a person of six degrees of separation between me and Oprah found out about this show. That would be good enough for me. Yeah. <laughs> um but uh in my heart in my heart we are together. Which, in your heart she knows in my, and yeah. she's given you her blessing yes yes and if people can't get up to edinburgh where can people find you on uh, social media and all that i am on twitter at viv Grosskop, and i'm sorry to have such a stupid name that's spelt v-i-v-g-r-o-s-k-o-p and i'm also on instagram although i don't think i'm very good at instagram i I'm, think you are do you I think so i'm trying to get better um i but i can't decide whether instagram's about being perfect or being a bit rubbish Oh. So I'm alternating between the two. I would say, yeah, be a bit rubbish all the time. But being a bit rubbish in a visual medium, it's it's really difficult. People don't want to see pictures of a cat-handed rubbish picture of you. Well, I do. You do. Okay, you're my target audience for <laughs> cat-handed rubbish pictures. Yeah, so yeah, come find me Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. Yeah, any of these. Thank you so much for uh, educating us at the School for Dumb Women, Viv. Thank you so much for having me. You has been schooled. <laughs> Thanks for listening to our bonus episode with Viv Groskop. Her show, Vivalicious, is on at the Edinburgh Fringe for the rest of August. We'll be back next Tuesday with a normal episode, so until then, I hope you are living your best life. You get a car. And you get a car. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.